Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with a guest host and a good friend, my pastor, Oren. And today we are talking about serenity. Uh, we'll see how this goes. We were, we were thinking about using the serenity prayer as sort of a framework for this podcast, but we just got to talking about uh, our own experiences, and that was way more fun. So let me just lead off with yeah. Oren, Pastor Oren. What, what, is your, what is your experience with serenity? How, how would you put that into words? I would say limited. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, serenity is not something that I often think about as something that I possess very much of. Yeah, and it, this is, we're sort of thinking of it as like peaceful, yeah, right? Experiencing yeah, peace. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I'm not by nature a very calm or <laughs> serene person. I've always had an anxious heart my whole life. Um, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I was more hyperactive as a child. But even in my adult life, I'm always thinking and worrying about something. And so I'm a bit of a hypocrite. When I tell my church not to worry, I do the very same things, you know, and that's just the nature um, of kind of who well, I am. Well, you would only be a hypocrite if you lied about it, which yeah, you're not, not lying yeah, I'm about. I'm not lying it. about it, no. Yeah. I, I got so the, your encouragement to your congregation is, and me, is your encouragement to yourself. Exactly. And I'm, yeah. what I'm telling you about peace, peacefulness, and serenity in Christ is something that I need in my own life. Yeah. You know, and so I, I was telling you earlier about the nature of being a pastor. A lot of what we do is goes unresolved. Like mm-hmm. we never have kind of finished work. Yeah. It's like dirty laundry. It's yeah, just always it's there. It's always there. Like discipleship is an unfinished business mm. and it's always unfinished until, until I put you in the ground, you know, like until yeah. I'm doing your funeral, I'm not done. Yeah. And so the nature of that kind of makes me anxious a little bit. And so serenity can be hard to come by sometimes, especially when you're dealing with a lot of things kind of coming at you at the same time. And that's just as a pastor, not to mention the family stuff I have to have to go through. Some, some of what's great, some of it's frustrating. When you got teenagers and drive kids driving and you got college on the horizon, mm. it's a lot, you know? And so serenity is not something that I often have, or I would like to have more of it if I could, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I resonate with everything you said because it's something that I have always struggled with. Yeah, I would say the last few years I've been able to experience a little bit more of it mm-hmm. than I ever have um, before in yeah. my existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll give a, a funny instance. Yesterday, well, funny not funny. My so I get I'm almost to work, mm-hmm. and uh, I get a call from my wife, and she says her car's not starting. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, I was able to be serene. I was able to be peaceful. And it's like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to be a good husband and a good father. And that's what I did. I went, I drove back, picked them all up, took Jude to school in Zachary, uh, took my wife to work in Baton Rouge and took um, Sam mm-hmm. to school in Baton Rouge. And so that's about a 17 mile drive. I've done the math. I drove 162 miles yesterday. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> with the furthest stretch only being 17 miles in Baton Rouge. Yeah. That's not serene for anyone. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, it started with, you know, I'm going to be a good husband. I'm going to be a good father. Um, serene. Mm-hmm. Right. As the day progressed, I'm going to be, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, come and go kind yeah, of sure, thing. Sure. Yeah. Fleeting. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Uh, but I experienced serenity in that moment. And so then, so after driving back to Baton Rouge for a second time mm-hmm. in like an hour, drove back to Zachary uh, to work on her car. Mm-hmm. And I 
am terrible at working on anything. Mm-hmm. I am not a uh, fixer upper yeah. kind of guy. No, and we're talking technically inclined. We're talking about I'm checking the battery. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that stresses me out, mm-hmm. uh, especially with these newer cars oh, where yeah. they just bury that battery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to get it. So, hey, props to me. It was in the garage, found the little secret button you press to get it in neutral and pushed it out of the garage mm-hmm. so I could work on it. Mm-hmm. I say work on it, like checking the batteries, something <laughs> like a big deal. I work on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not changing anything. I'm just like removing things <laughs> to say, is this working? So <laughs> I do all that. Uh, something, in the pro- something that happens in the process is I drop a tool in the space Mm -hmm. between the engine and the plastic stuff. And so there's a probably a, I don't know how many inches would you say it's like four or five inch sliver where it fell down. And now I, it fell all the way to the bottom. Can't reach it either. Can't reach it. Cause your arms are, the hands are too big too. I'm too fat. Uh I can't get in there. (laughs) So faith did this that morning. I said, how did you do that? She's like, well, I just reached in. I was like, dead gum (laughs) it. She so, do that, yeah. so it took me longer just trying to get this tool out than actually getting to the battery. And I will say I was not serene no. in that moment. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of frustration, a lot of words said, a lot of, a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I drive it to AutoZone, and I'll, I'll try to make this story short, but drive it to AutoZone. They check the battery, and they tell me it's a good battery. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, dadgummit, it's the alternator. I don't actually know that. I had to call somebody to figure that out because okay. I don't. I don't know those things. Sure. Drive it back to the car, put it back in, drive it to AutoZone, and I get somebody else come out and they say, "Oh, you got a bad battery. Let's go in and <laughs> same store. Yeah, let's yeah same store. Oh yeah, goodness. different person. Let's go get you a new battery." I was like, "Wait, hold on. I, there's yep. I'm getting some discrepant uh, news here mm-hmm. uh, or information." And uh, so anyway, do all that. And then I have to go pick everybody up <laughs> and get them back to Zachary. This is and your whole day, right? A whole, whole day. Yeah, Drove yeah. 162 miles. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so there. So in that span of, I don't know, six or seven hours, started with like a real, some real serenity. Yeah. And then it progressed and got worse. And then over to, I was able to say some prayers. Yeah. I even said the serenity prayer, which I think is, if I can recall from my mind is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess now, so kind of talking about those personal experiences. So what I've, what I've found interesting is that that prayer starts with God grant me the serenity so that I can do these things. Mm -hmm. And so y'all, the prayer is suggesting that you need peace in order to differentiate the things you can change and the things you can't change. Yeah. Um, because the temptation is to think if I figure out the difference, then I'll have peace. Mm. That's backwards, right? Yeah. Because you're never going to be able to tell the difference. You're always going to lump everything into the most urgent necessary category of life when it's really not, mm. you know? And when you can come to grips with the realities, the things you can't change, the peace that God's put in your heart will sustain you. Mm. Whereas if you're striving to get the peace by fixing what you can change, you're never going to, you're never going to get everything done. Cause it's like dirty laundry. Exactly. There will always it's be always something. There. It's yeah. all, there's always unresolved. There's always going to be a bad battery or a bad alternator or a flat tire. Mm. And the longer you go in life, the more fine, more things you find need to be fixed or changed. And you have to look at it in the big picture. 
How much does this really matter? You know what's crazy? We said the same thing, but you said it in such a way that it fired off even more light bulbs, <laughs> well, which is just, crazy to me. Look, Words I, matter. They like, do. They do. Th- how I think mm-hmm. matters. Yep, exactly. Um, and, and, I, and this is where I struggle is that I want to control everything. Mm-hmm. I want everything to go the way I want it to go. I'm a perfectionist. There's no doubt about it. And you can't live as a perfectionist in this world. It's, it just doesn't work. I'm longing for heaven is what I'm longing for, right? Mm. But I want it here and now. I want everything to work out exactly the way I want it to. And it just does not the way life life works. The days when it does or the moments when it does, I'm at peace because it mm. worked out the way I thought it should. But it's a false peace. It's a false peace because it's yeah. limited. It's a, it's a temporary fleeting moment. Everything everything else is, is, is you feel like you're just constantly scrambling, you yeah. know? And so, for instance, my family and I are leaving for vacation in a couple of weeks. Anytime we take a trip, there's this dread. That's just, <laughs> I hate taking trips, It's man. just there's this dread that kind of comes over me because I'm just anticipating <laughs> something's going to go wrong. There's the negative, pessimistic side of me just kind of takes over. Yeah. And I have to prepare everything I can to be ready for whatever we're going to experience, but there's no possible way mm-hmm. that you can. And so I'm learning how to just shrug, shrug things off and go, you know what? This is just what it is. Let's go, you know? Yeah. And... When I can do that, I do. I have peace. The situation may not be fixed, mm-hmm. but I feel like okay, this is. I didn't anticipate this, but this is part of life. Let's just deal with it. You know, um, having things completed makes me feel at peace. Mm. When a project is done, when a task is com- accomplished, there's a there's a kind of a little like a small little piece there. You know. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that's not how life works. Yeah. You know. We need we need a more. Um, Sustainable, sustainable peace. peace. Yeah, which then goes back to who's Lord here? Yeah, is it me or Jesus? Mm. And when I'm re- when I'm reminded that Jesus is Lord, and this little these little things I'm fighting in a big picture don't matter all that much. Yeah, I can find a little bit better peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate being late, but most of the time it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. And I wouldn't ever tell my kids that. But, <laughs> but, but in the in the big picture in. It doesn't matter. Look, yeah. I've, I told the church once a few years ago, one day you're going to die, mm. and within two generations you will be forgotten. Yeah. And people are like, oh, look, that's the way it all, unless you do something really heroic or really evil where they write your name <laughs> down in a, in a history book, you will be forgotten by the vast majority of the people in your life. And the reality is 99.9% of the people in the world right now don't know you exist at all anyway. Yeah. And we think that makes us insignificant. No, it makes us significant for the short time we have. Mm. Right? Man, it matters how you think. You're yeah. just dropping bombs yeah, today. You matter, you matter to the people that are in your life. And so you were a good dad and a good husband yesterday. Mm. Today I wasn't, though. I'll <laughs> give another for instance. Today, uh, Faith, Faith told me... Uh, she, she, so we're getting ready. Uh, I'm almost leaving with Sam to go take him to school because she takes Jude to school and then she goes to work. For you to go to work because you missed the day yesterday, right? Right. I missed the day. I'm like excited to get to work. Got a lot to do, a lot on my plate. Uh, and she t- she comes up and hey, I think Jude has fever. And like I had sun, I had um, sunglasses on my head and I just like dramatically throw them on the counter. I was like, I'm going to need a minute. And I go to, I go to the room and I'm just staring at the wall. So I was not, Lord there was not, <laughs> did not experience serenity in that moment. I wasn't thinking I'm going to be a good husband, a good father today, but I, I did have to go and, and, um, uh, apologize. I didn't handle that well. And, uh, I want you to be able to call me if we have any other problems. I don't okay. want you to feel like, um, uh, you can't call me because your work schedule is a little more flexible than hers. My is. work, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, you said something. Oh yeah, that that will be gone and forgotten within yeah. a generation or so. Yeah. There's this guy. I know you know this quote, but his um, Zizendorf. Yeah, cool yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. His 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 quote. Let me see if I can pull it up. So like a, a villain from a Bond movie. I know Zizendorf. Here comes Zizendorf. It's like pinky in the yeah, mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his his quote that's attributed to him. I don't know if he said it or not, but it's a pretty awesome quote. Is preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. Yeah. Um, for us, you know, we're coming at this from a Christian worldview, so for us, it is really easy for those other things to become distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever you know your your purpose is, whatever your primary goal is in life, it's easy to um, let distractions come up. Yeah. But when when you can focus mm-hmm. and realize the importance of certain things, you can have that serenity that like these other things cropping up, it's okay. Yeah, and if you think about it, if if you can look back and say, I I made the most of that time, I did the best with what I had. Yeah. You can have peace about that. Yeah. You know, if you lose it in front of your kids because you got an inconvenience in your life, what are you teaching them? Right. Yep. Right. And then you can't fuss at them later for losing it when they don't get what they want. Yeah. Now you're the hypocrite dad. Right. Yep. And so there's this, there's that looming sort of possibility that I could fail again. Mm. Right. But if you look at back and you go, I did the best I could with, the, with, with, with that moment. And I believe God's going to use that in some way to teach me and my family a lesson or the people around me a lesson, whatever it is that's valuable. You can have peace with that, you know? Yeah. Um, I often think most of life is probably failure for mm. being honest about it. It's more like baseball. If we're, yeah. If right? we have certain yeah, you, criteria yeah, that we we're have all these expectations yeah. in life, we look back and go all these regrets. Yeah. Baseball for instance, is a sport of failure. Mm. The best players ever. 30%. 30% or a little hitters, bit slight. Yeah. yeah. And they're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Now name another job in the world where you can be <laughs> successful thirty percent of the time and and be and become famous at it. Mm. There isn't one, but that's the nature of it, and it's, it, that's okay. It's accepted. That's the way it is. Yeah. So if you allow the failure to define it and the moments of failure, you're never going to be at peace. Mm. The way you find peace is to see what's what it what is and not what what if or what what isn't mm. right. And so I often tell the church, don't focus on the what ifs, focus on the what is. Mm. What is true? Christ accomplished your salvation forever. God loves you. God loves you. You have peace with God forever. Yeah. That is done. That's yeah. the most important thing has been settled. So now because you have that peace with the Lord, you can have peace in other parts of your life, but you have to not ever forget that ultimate peace that's been given to you by the finished work of Christ. And that's, look, it, it's not easy. It's not a magic wand. You can just wave and go, oh, yeah, I have peace now. Mm-hmm. No, no, there, it's, it's hard work. Finding peace is work. Yeah, You have to actually mentally and spiritually be engaged mm-hmm. with what you're going through and keep the, the most important things first. Prioritize your life about what's most important in this moment. And when you can do that, you learn how to be at peace um, you could be an example to others when, when the, when the heat is turned up. So, 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 so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, serenity is, can be fleeting certainly. And there's lessons I'm still learning today. I've got a 20 year old, a 17 year old, a 13, almost 14 year old and a six year old. And my house, my house is a zoo. <laughs> it's a circus man all the time, but that's just what it is. Mm. God bless my wife. She is the circus master right? yeah she's a ring ringleader yeah and she holds it together god bless her i can't afford to pay her what she's worth honestly <laughs> um but there are pressures we deal with daily and mm. being out of control makes me anxious yeah what helps me is to remember that god is in control yeah and um and so 
make the most of the moments you have. And I think you'll be at peace when you look back and go, you know what? I did the best I could with what I had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I like how you bring up, there's this work that we can do yeah. to achieve peace. And one, one of those things that, um, that I have actively sought to do in the last few years is simply just talk about things that are mm-hmm. bouncing around my head, like that uh, event yesterday. Um, uh, and like today where I failed to mm-hmm. just simply be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then recognize um, certain things I'm bringing into that, those circumstances. So I brought selfishness mm-hmm. into that, that circumstance. I brought uh, fear, mm-hmm. um, selfishness in the sense of like, my time is mine yeah. and I was about to leave and I can't, aff- you, you guys are, you can't have this time. Don't interfere with my life. Right. Yeah. And uh, my fear is I'm going to miss more work. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, and my boss is very kind, very sweet, very understanding but there's always this fear of like, what, is it, what are others going to think of me if I miss another day of work? What's, what's gonna, my desk going to look like when I get in there? You know, those are the sort of fears that mm-hmm. may not even be actively, I may not even be actively aware of them. They're there. Yeah. But they're there. And that's, yeah. what's in the, that's what's playing in the background, causing me to throw my glasses. So think about this. You cared more about what those people thought than what your wife and children thought. Exactly. Yeah. When you think about it, you go, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, what, am I, yeah. what am I doing here? But, right? but if I don't ever talk about it, I never get to that point. Exactly. I never get to that layer. Yeah. So yeah. I have to talk about the thing at the top mm-hmm. before I can get to those layers. Yep. Exactly right. Um, and then I can, I can actually pray to God and confess, God, I was selfish there. Mm-hmm. God, I was, um, God, I was fearful there. Um, please take this from me. And he still loves you. And he still loves me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the piece, right? Yep. That's the piece is that I haven't failed so much that, that I've gotten away from God somehow. Yeah. Or he's like, you know what, Oren, you got to figure this out before I can keep loving you, man. Like, yep. no, I love you. Take one more step. Yep. You know, if he took two steps back, okay, let's start over. Let's do it. Right. Let's take another one. And it's just step by step by step through life. And, and, you know, I always, re- I respect talking to senior adults who seem to be at more peace now. Mm. If you talk to them and they're honest, they probably will tell you they haven't always been. Right. When they were younger, they probably had the same anxiety. Yeah, we, made, we had Miss uh, Miss Debbie on. Yeah, yeah, last week. with her mom. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. But when you get older, you've learned to deal with some of these less important things, mm. and they'll not allow them to affect your your the, the peace of your heart because you realize they're just not that important. Yeah, um, yeah. She talked about having Jesus's peace, my yeah. peace. I mm-hmm. leave with you. Yeah, that, exactly. John sixteen. Yeah. I didn't realize that we kind of like. Married those two episodes, yeah, yeah but that's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, for sure. My peace, I live with you, yeah. leave with you. Yeah. Well, that's good. Any any other thoughts? No, I mean, again, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a prayerful, uh, it's a spiritual battle every day, mm. and so you have to be you have to be on guard against those things that would cause you to be frustrated and angry and and not at not at peace. And then when you recognize it, you got to got to put it away. You know, you got to put it mm. away. And the way you do that is by going back to who you are in Christ. I think that's the ultimate answer. Yeah. Amen. And until next time, that's what we want to do today. We want to uh, ask God for serenity. We want we want to recognize His love for us and have peace regardless of our circumstances. Amen. And until next time, may the Lord make His channel for His peace. Amen.